Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com And by Shewart & Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas, and Orange Theory Fitness. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and economist. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. In New Orleans, we have a number of famous families, the Nevilles, the Marcellus family, the Landrews, the Mannings. Today, I'm going to introduce you to senior members of two more talented families, the Wolfs and the Prebles. We stumbled on these dynasties by accident, right here at this table. On a previous show, my guests were two very talented young men, Andrew Preble and Scott Wolf Jr. Andrew is the creator of the popular live game experience Escape My Room, and Scott is the creator of a nationwide revolution in construction financing called Zeline. In the course of the conversation after the show, we came to find that Scott's dad, Scott Wolf Sr., is the owner of the landmark Melba's Restaurant on Claiborne and Elysian Fields, and the founder of an even greater historic New Orleans institution, Wagner's Meat. Before Hurricane Katrina changed the landscape, Wagner's was a chain of stores throughout New Orleans, and the answer to the question I know you're asking is yes. Scott is the creator of the slogan, you can't beat Wagner's Meat. Scott Wolf Sr., welcome out to lunch. Uh, thank you, thank you. I guess that'll be in my tombstone. <laughs> Could be much worse than that. <laughs> now, Andrew's father, John Preble, has an equally colorful resume. John is a well-known visual artist whose work appears in collections and museums across the country, including the White House. Uh, John is also the founder of the Abita Mystery House in Abita Springs, previously known as the UCM Museum, which almost defies description. The Abita Mystery House houses an extraordinary number of items, over 50,000 in fact. Uh, way of comparison, the New Orleans Museum of Art has only 40,000 items. At the Abita Mystery House, you'll find recreations of a Mardi Gras parade, a jazz funeral, and a haunted southern plantation, as well as smaller items that range from a dizzying number of bottle caps, postcards, and shards of pottery to other quirky exhibits, too numerous to mention, including a comb collection. If that's not eccentric enough for you, John Preble is also the manager of the incomparable music artist Bobby Lounge. If you don't already know Bobby Lounge, Google him and listen to songs like I Remember the Night Your Trailer Burned Down and I'll Always Be Better Than You. John Preble, welcome out to lunch. Thank you. <laughs> wait, no. let, wait, let me understand this. You own a comb collection? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> See? Okay. You're intrigued already, right? right? See? Intrigued already. It's just a matter of time. <laughs> now, now, Scott, with Melba's and Wagner's, there seems to be a strong community aspect to your approach to business. Uh, on the one hand, you're selling po'boys or meat, but you're also very conscious of the place and the purpose of your business in the community. Did that come from the experience of owning and running Wagner's meat chain or did you already have that community sense before you even started in business? Well, I got to give that credit to my wife, obviously. I told you she's, she's a divinity grad, and uh, she's always been the, the, the double bottom line. I've been the bottom line, she's been the double, double bottom, bottom line. line right? she's, yeah, yeah, she's the social conscious uh, component of our marriage and also of our business. 
You know, she's the one. You have morals of your own, though, right? Uh, yeah. No, not, they're, not, they're not as strong. <laughs> <laughs> but of course. And, um, you know, she's constantly, uh, you know, turning my attention or the business attention to, you know, the ills of the neighborhood and to, you know, how can we can t- how we can do things in the business that somehow get back, reach out and, and uh, you know, just uh, do good. And you've done it in a number of ways. You've got, I guess, some across the street from you, the Vine Community Church. We do. Corey Hicks. Uh, he kind of, Corey Hicks is our pastor. He is the pastor of the Vine uh, Divinity Church. And, you know, you, you, your paths just cross with different people throughout life. And he, was, he came to Melba's one day. He introduced himself. He told me what he did. He, he's, um, you know, he's had a difficult childhood himself, turned pastor, and now he does good things in the neighborhood. And then we had this building across the street that we, we said, hey, why don't you make this a reach out center for your ministry? And, he, and he, he does that today. And he's done it for many years for us now. Uh, he handles our toy drive for us. He handles you know, anything that is uh, an outreach to the neighborhood. He kind of handles that for us. And uh, we, we think of Melba's, uh, you know, talking about po' boys and such, but there's a lot there. First of all, you've got some very... You've got some great daiquiris. One of them is called the the panty dropper. Panty, yeah, panty dropper is our number one seller. <laughs> so let's not make and, fun of that. That's yeah. a that's gonna be fun. And yeah, a laundry it, it comes in warranty as well. <laughs> right? And is there a, is a laundromat attached to it? Right. It is a laundromat attached to it. Although you really don't feel the laundromat. It's it's completely contiguous to the building. Uh, but when you're in Melba's, you don't really feel like there's a laundromat next door. But for the laundromat customers, they realize there's a sandwich shop next door. Oh. You know, and, and people do stumble into the laundromat like, wow, this is, you know, this is a unique place to, obviously when a place fills up with seating, people will go in a laundromat to sit as well. So it's, uh, it, oh, it creates great. a good atmosphere for people. And you get time to kill when you're in the laundromat. So. Right, <laughs> right. It makes the time go by. It does. Yeah. We have art on the walls and, you know, so it's a visual, it's kind of like Andrew does. And, wow. And uh, so it's a visual uh, attack when you go in. Yeah, there's a lot going on. <laughs> Now, John, there's a fine line between inspiration and obsession. Uh, that line is often success. For example, if someone spends day and night working on a piece of new technology, we call him obsessed. If that piece of technology turns out to be the iPhone, he's an inspired genius. The Abita Mystery House, in the hands of a respected artist like you, is an inspired artistic and comic comment uh, on society, but it's also pretty close to an obsession. While it undoubtedly succeeds artistically, how does it rate as a success commercially? It's only, I believe, $3 to get in. Does it make enough money to sustain itself? No, not really. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> No, I, but I don't need money. I'm very fortunate. So money is very, very low on my priorities. So uh, it, it, I is having fun, right? Yep, absolutely. And, and uh, Money doesn't really you know, make me that much more. I, if I have money, I give it away. It just, I like, that's more fun for me than, and it's kind of selfish, I think. I, I enjoy it. You know you, you, exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. Wow. So, no, it doesn't really make much money. Yeah, and, but it's a great place to showcase some very interesting stuff. I, yeah, it's just a fun place, you know. It just makes people happy, and I'm very, for, and a bunch of odd and very, very interesting. The payback is meeting the people that come in. You know, and they just have incredible, interesting people come in. Is there something about a place like yours that kind of attracts interesting folks? Yeah, yeah, you know, it's a weirdo, goofy place, and people from all walks of life, you know. And uh, it's just a fun, fun thing. And know? other people have found you've been like on TV shows, We've right? been on a lot of TV. Because, it's, you know, I'm, I'm a star. It's the uh, bone structure. 
<laughs> Don't laugh. No, I know. It's radio, and I'm trying to get that across yeah, to well, people. Well, just uh, explain to people my excellent bone structure, because that's a big part of my personality. <laughs> I'm glad. Now that I've met your son, I understand how everything's coming together. This is a... Uh, yeah, you know, and I, I didn't know that was going to be... I, I was found out later that that was the format of the show. And yeah. the idea of the acorn doesn't fall far... That's... My dad was a mathematician. He that's, and I was just totally opposite, you know. The acorn just falls where it is. At, you know, <laughs> and I think some kind of, sometimes the acorns fall close and sometimes they don't. Well, he is a pretty creative entrepreneur himself, so... We'll, Maybe that acorn fell. Yeah, and you close. know, he has escaped my room, and it's at escapemyroom.com. Uh, but anyway, there's a funny story about him in Commander's Palace. He, when he was 22, he opened a restaurant in Berlin. I don't know if he told you that. He did. Well, the Spiegel, the, the, the newspaper in Berlin, came and did a review, and they said it was the worst review she'd ever given anyone. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and part of her review said, I know what New Orleans food is like. I've been to Commander's Palace four times. He was a Lyulas' type of restaurant. <laughs> yes, right. That you wasn't know. the right kind. And I actually went, you know, I, it was very interesting. It was really good food. It was really, and it, it was weird that you equated taste with geography. But I was sitting there being disturbed because it, I felt like I was in New Orleans. New Orleans music was playing on the radio or, or the speaker eating New Orleans food, but, you know, I was in Germany. This is very strange. <laughs> You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. My guests are John Preble, artist and owner of the Abita Mystery House in Abita Springs, and Scott Wolf Sr., owner of Melba's Old School Po'boys, and before that, the New Orleans icon, Wagner's Meat. Scott, in regard to Melba's, how did you end up making it a landmark so quickly? Or, you know, kind of a brand? I think it was because of our history with Wagner's. We had, uh, you know, it took us 30 years to, to um, make, to grow Wagner's into a local icon. So this one we kind of speed tracked it because of the marketing knowledge that we had gained as well as the service and the food product. So we, we spent the money in marketing, right? Yeah. A lot of people don't do that. You know, they do it by word of mouth only and they take the slow road. We've actually put the dollars... Some people probably thought you were crazy for opening it there, too, right? And we probably were crazy for opening it there. I mean, it was a blighted area. Yeah. And there was no reason to put it there other than the high-profile corner. It was a mistake, actually. I was into property. <laughs> I had sold Wagner's in 2003 before Katrina. I'd got out of the retail business. And when we did, I started developing property. And when we got this property on Legion Fields and Claiborne, we, we tried to lease it out. And there were no takers. So... Because I had that retail knowledge, I looked for properties that I can stand up as a business and then sell it later. So we put this concept together and said, okay, we don't have anybody renting it. Let's put something here. Brought my brother in, uh, Keith, uh, who had been with me at Wagner's to, to run the show. We called Mama Lois, who's the face of Melvis today. Now that, I, you know, I wanted to mention this to you. We talked about how good your wife is and such, but you must be doing something great because you've established amazing loyalty well, thank employees. you. Thank you. You want to tell this, the, the story about the, how, yeah. you, how you kept the chef? Yeah, well, that's, that's <laughs> so cool. Well, Lice had been with us uh, for 20-plus years at Wagner's. And we have a lot of people, had, we have a lot of long-term employees uh, at Wagner's and now at Melba's. In fact, 25% of our staff at Melba's is from the Wagner era. Wow. So we constantly got people that we find that 
uh, stumble across us and used to work for us and they come back. So we knew that when we opened Melba's, we had to find, you know, Lois, you know, because she's uh, great. You know, she's from the Ninth Ward and she's a phenomenal cook and a wonderful person. So we, we went searching for her, you know, from the customers that would come in to some people this that we knew. This is Katrina when everybody's trying to find Yeah, this is 2012. And so she, Lois had moved to Texas. We discovered Lois lived in Texas and she had been there since Katrina. So somehow we found somebody who had a phone number and we called her. And of course, after the, uh, the, the initial, you know, how you been, uh, told her that we opened up another place here called Melvis and that we desperately need her to come down to, to handle the, the food concept of this. And she said, well, Scott, I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I'm kind of living here now, and, you know, and my, I got, I'm married now. And I'm like, well, you got to leave that guy. You got you to gotta <laughs> come back to Melvis, you know? She said, well, give me, let me think about it. And, uh, and then she called back a couple of weeks later. She says, I'm on my way down. And I said, come on down. So she came down. She's been with us ever since. Yeah, she divorced a guy in, in Texas, and she's, we're back together again. She's more loyal to Scott. That, I mean, yeah. that, you really got something going right. on there. That's pretty <laughs> Hey, John, I got a uh, branding question for you. It was called the UCM Museum, and people are always reluctant to make a, a change once something gets in there. Uh, how'd you make that decision? Our marketing strategy is to change the name every seven years. No. <laughs> you um, had me going, though. No, we... Uh, I was invited to speak at uh, AMA or some American Museum Association, which is a big, giant, it was at the Memorial Center. Oh, wow. And it was the big convention for the whole, basically worldwide museum group. And the people who were hosting the, the conference w wanted somebody to speak about small museums. So they asked me to speak. And I thought, great, I'd be a publicity stunt. I was going to glitterize everything on me and, you know, go there. <laughs> the glitter was made... I got it from a sign painter, a professional painter, but it was glass they put on billboards, so it kept cutting me, so I took the glitter off. So this glitter was not a metaphor. You actually put the no, glitter yeah, on you. Okay, absolutely. <laughs> anyway, so I just went, and uh, I looked over to see if everybody with black coats, black ties, white shirts, black pants. Museum people are the most conservative people in the world. And right then I realized this is not my industry. <laughs> I'm in the wrong business, so... Uh, that summer, we had gone to the Winchester Mystery House in San Jose, California, which brings in like 25 grand a day. And oh. so we changed the name to Abita Mystery House. Wow. And, uh, and the word museum scares people. You know, yeah, they, it, it's not a fun place to go, which is, you know, just the way it is. But the uh, John Bullard of the New Orleans. That's right. John he Bullard says great things about right. your place. John Bullard was a great fan. Is still a great fan. <laughs> Brought a lot of people over to see us. God, that is. And I was just thinking about both. Both of you have uh, bumper stickers all over town. I see the Abita Mystery yeah. House, and the, and there's still Wagner stickers on cars, which is pretty pretty cool. We still sell them at Melba's. Oh, you do? <laughs> I was assuming these cars had made it through the storm. The Wagner Meat shirts at Melba's sell better than the Melba shirts. <laughs> I could sell them at my place. <laughs> I would love that. But yeah. Scott, John, this is the part of the show we call your brother-in-law. You finally got a quiet moment and you're sitting down to get some work done. When your phone rings, it's your brother-in-law. He usually only calls when he's looking for someone to go get boiled crabs with who will pick up the tab. But this time, the conversation's a little different. Uh, Scott, your brother-in-law tells you he's just wasted most of his birthday at the DMV getting his driver's license renewed. While he was there, he discovered you can go to smaller DMV satellite offices where it's quick and efficient to get your license renewed, 
if you happen to know where one of these offices is. Seeing Melba's is open 24 hours a day, your brother-in-law has a great idea. Why not put a DMV satellite office in Melba's? It would attract thousands of people a month who would all buy a po'boy while they're waiting. Your brother-in-law is prepared to quit his job cleaning pools to head up the operation. Now, what do you say? Are you in? Well, first of all, I have great brother-in-laws. <laughs> Second is, uh, I would be in. And, you know, I, I do believe in driving traffic and anything you can do to drive traffic. We actually looked into putting a, a DMV satellite at Melba's. No way. Yeah, we I did. I think we made this up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, you're right. And we did actually try. We did actually, we were very close to getting it approved. And then we, um, we, pulled, we have space problems at Melba's and parking problems at Melba's. And that's probably the only reason we haven't done it. <laughs> but we, we're all about driving traffic. But uh, yeah, I would, I, personally, I would welcome something <laughs> like that. <laughs> I'm glad that one worked out. Now, John, your brother-in-law tells you he needs to get out of town for a while for reasons he doesn't need to get into here, but it involves a small gambling debt. So he's going to take off in the Winnebago and he's got a great idea. Why don't you and Bobby Lounge go with him? You could do a nationwide tour and the proceeds from the shows would also pay for gas and so on. And seeing your Bobby's manager, maybe you could finance the first couple of hundred miles worth of gas till the first show. What do you say? You up for it? No way. <laughs> I've traveled with Bobby Lounge before. Yeah. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Now, let's get back to Bobby Lange for a second. He's performed a jazz fest, right? Every year for like seven years or something. And he closes out the stage at the Lanyap stage. <laughs> it's the only place he plays now. Uh, he just selected that one piece? or just... um, He's habitual type of guy. And, you know, it's hard not to... He's, you know, it's, he does it, and now that's what he does. And he's... The, the setup for his show... Uh, on the stage is a little bit different, isn't it? It's yeah, we have, we put on a show. You know, we don't just say. Not just a concert. It's well, well, yeah, well, it's a lot of people at Jazz Fest say, let's hear it for blah, 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 and the guy comes on and starts playing. No, we have a, a, a master of ceremonies and we have nurses on staff and all those things. <laughs> Why does he need a nurse on staff? Just, just part of the. Uh... He's not well. Oh, okay, all right. But it's <laughs> emotional. Um, oh, okay. You know, help. Well, it must be tough to be a manager for that it, kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> you have a lot of, you know, uh, you know. I was going to ask you about uh, your place, uh, John. Is, is it all found materials? No, no. We build a lot of things ourselves, and we have some old arcade equipment, some old pinballs, and things like oh. that. That is good. Is it constantly evolving? How come you haven't come? <laughs> I, I, I'm not on that side of the lake much, but I, but I will be. Okay. I, haven't, I apologize. I, haven't, I didn't know about it, but, and I'm fascinated as well. But I'm Scott and I certainly going to make sure we get out there. 17 years. Right. Wow. Scott, don't you feel bad? I do. I didn't know. When you see him in the car, I'm like, I don't know where this is. No big deal. No big yeah. deal. No, I, don't, I don't go anywhere. I don't fault anybody for any of that. Yeah. But you have to go see my son's place. Now that oh. is pretty great. The escape next room. to Lafayette yeah. Square. Yeah, it's, I sent my own Lafayette. sons there. They loved it. <laughs> now, if you don't come from New Orleans or live here, it can be hard to describe exactly what it is that makes someone a quintessential New Orleanian. It's a, it's a kind of approach to life that's almost intangible, but it has real results. Scott and John, you are both great examples of quintessential New Orleanians. You're both a part of the fabric of your communities, but more than that, your work, your personalities, and your perspective on life has a direct effect 
on your community. It's been a real pleasure spending time with you. Thank you for taking the time to join me today and Out to Lunch, guys. Well, thank you, Peter, and thank you, John. It was a pleasure sure. meeting you. I, I didn't know that we were the old-timers that uh, both of our kids are. Oh, yeah. First time on your show. I didn't know Absolutely. that until today. So we're alumni now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're right. part of the family. Right. But, yeah. My guests and Out to Lunch today have been Scott Wolf Sr., owner of Melba's Old School Po' Boys, and John Preble, owner of the Abita Mystery House. You can find out more about Scott's Po' Boys and John's Mystery House by following the links on our websites. It's neworleans.com and WNO.org. Our show is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday through Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday, with live music and dinner seven nights a week. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our researcher is Matthew Ellison. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. Mitchell's music is available wherever great jazz is sold, streamed, or stolen, and at MitchellForeman.com. You can get the show as a podcast, you can listen to past shows, and you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites, www.wno.org and itsneworleans.com. If you want to know what we look like, you can find photos from this show on our website and Facebook page. These photos were taken today by Dion Grayson. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Commander's Palace for more business, New Orleans style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com. And by Sheward & Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas, and Orange Theory Fitness. Additional support for Out to Lunch comes from Basic Swim and Gym, Travel Central in Metairie, and Strategic Resumes. 